Yo, check it out, everybody. This is Benny J. And yo, one, two, it's your boy, Mr. Get Busy in the building. And this is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode seven. Can you believe that? Oh, my goodness. Seven episodes already? Already. Wow, Chris, that's incredible. Whoa. So check this out. Episode seven, what an incredibly lucky number, right? And yet the hat itself that we pulled today, no joke, is a black cat that says bad luck. So think about that. The possibility that we'd have episode seven with contrast to bad luck. Think of all the stereotypes of what bad luck it it, it implies. It means that we look at someone and think, oh, their circumstances are down and out. They're in the valley all the time. And when I say valley, I mean the lows of life. They're not up on the mountaintop experience, and it seems like they're never up there. What does that mean about their lives? Have they done something to deserve this so-called unfortunate outcome? So what are we going to do? Are we going to sit and judge them and say they're unlucky because we think we have better luck based on our social status or our so-called better circumstances in our lives? Uh, No, 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 no. I think we need to look at the bigger picture here. What is the idea of luck to begin with? It's the perception that your circumstances in any given moment are good or bad based on random chance. But we can see that we have some ability to, let's say, manipulate this system of what we call luck. Because it seems like if we do certain things right within a system, any given system, we can change our outcomes drastically. But the people who tell themselves over and over again that they're unlucky, they have bad luck, why does it seem like they're the ones that seem to get driven into the ground the fastest and the hardest? What is that? So I guess guess the root of that is what is the value system? Hmm. Because it it seems like inputs and outputs. You you look at math, you know, A plus B equals C. Um, So there is some type of output. For some people, input equals good luck. Mm. input equals bad luck. And for some people, like you said, it just seems to be like a cycle of bad luck. Like they just cannot win. And the unfortunate thing about that is, and I I can say this about myself, you know, I've judged them because I'm assuming that these bad things are happening because you've had bad inputs. And so you have a bad output. And Mm. conversely, someone that is super successful, everything is going their way, you must have lived a good life. But I guess for those of us that that go to church is um, the concept of us as people, from God's perspective, none of us are good. And that's something that wrestles and comes up against that concept of luck. Yeah, like if you have bad luck, somehow you're cursed. Right. Or like God doesn't love you because you're having a down and out time in your life. Or... You must just be unlucky to have been born of specific parents in a particular part of the world, in a culture that might demean you for the way you look or the way you act. You know, there's the social status you carry might be deemed as lowly, whatever it is. Just because you have that type of situation doesn't imply automatically that you have bad luck. It just means that that's how God placed you in this world. It means that God has given you a situation for whatever reasons he has to help build you up in a particular way. The problem is a lot of times we never find our true meaning and purpose in God, 
when we're just living as we are. We're not regenerated. We don't have that life in Christ. You always hear this term, born again. Mm. A lot of people really hate that term and it ticks them off when they hear it because they've had bad experiences with people who call themselves born again. Well, the reality is if you're not born again, you're never going to have a reinstated or a renewed purpose in your life that is specific to God's plan for you. So it's really important, first and foremost, that we have an encounter with God, that we hear the word of God, that we hear from him directly. It gives us an opportunity to really reconnect with the Almighty. Because when we're born into this world, we're not connected to him at all. It's only through Jesus that we get connected to him. Because when we're born, in a sense, you could say we all have bad luck if you want to judge with bad luck between good and bad. Because we were all born into sin. We were all born separated from God. What a terrible place to be born into. That's an awful thought, right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. And I, I love you. You brought judgment into the equation, and, and I love that. Um, yes, people judge us. Shoot, we're, we're being judged all the time. Yeah. But there is only one ultimate judge. And, and that is God. And so I think what our culture is wrestling against is judging from a human perspective versus judging on God's perspective. We'll just say like a cosmic perspective. Yeah. And those are two totally different planes. It's like, yes, God will judge us, but God gives us a way out. Um, God does not shift. God, God sets the table very plain versus fleeting good luck and bad luck which can change with people and situations uh, like if if you hit the lottery that that situation changes quickly yeah with god you know exactly what you get now yes things every day may change um people change but god said you know god is constant god is constant and god actually offers more security than good luck and bad luck the hardest part of that at least for me, is sometimes good luck and bad luck are instant. And sometimes God can be perceived as you know, drag, dragging his feet a little bit. And we want like instant. We want now. Like, yo, God, what are you, what are you waiting for? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. um, how, how do you reconcile that? You have instant luck versus a patient God. Hmm. The idea of instant luck has no patience to it. <laughs> it's very much... An immature way of looking at things in general. It's like a child who wants something. They saw a shiny object and they reach out for it. Their parent might say no. They might, they might be distracted from that object. But deep down, their body is screaming to get in touch with that object. And they demand instant gratification. They'll throw a tantrum if they have to in order to try to get that desire met. Because it's not a need. It's a desire. The eye saw something it liked, and there was a reaction to reach out and seize that thing. That's mine. I want that. That's for me. Or I'm curious, and I want to behold what that is. Why, why, does it, why does it shock me? Why does my body feel so good when I see that? But then there's this idea beyond instant gratification called delayed gratif gratification, mm. where we, wanna, we, we have to wait for the process or the thing that we're waiting for, we have to, we, maybe we have to become mature enough to be able to receive that thing, whether it's a new attitude, a new way of thinking, uh, whether it's a major heart change where we go from, we go from, let's say, 
having really vindictive and malicious thoughts to having very generous, gracious, and benevolent thoughts about others, a desire to love them as opposed to hate them. That's a deep kind of change. That typically doesn't happen instantly. That's something that we have to wait on. Uh, so this idea of bad and good luck. If you live in a way where you perceive yourself as always down and out, everything goes against you. You never have a, you never, you feel like you, you always get the short end of the stick. If that's happening to you, question why. Maybe it's your outlook. Maybe it's the fact that you're discontent. Or maybe a better word is you're a malcontent. Mm. Nothing that happens feels good to you. You have a way of shading over everything with black. You make it look, you make everything feel like it's always negative. If that's the case, you might want to reach out to God and ask him to lighten your heart. Because your heart sounds at that point like maybe it's filled with darkness and there's a self-centeredness. If you're focused too much on yourself in any given circumstance, what's going to happen is you're going to be all consumed with self. There is no light in self-centeredness. Mm -hmm. It all becomes dark. It's literally like, imagine the spotlight on the stage beaming down, but it's directly on you and you're downcast, strewn across the floor, but the light is directly on you. It's like you can't get yourself out of the spotlight, but you have no place to heal and recover. There's no safe space. You're seen for what you are. You know what you are, but you've done nothing yet to try to shift your perspective. It's so imperative that we get the right perspective. And Christ gives us the most incredible model for how we can shift our perspective to become more, let's say, righteously oriented and keeping our hearts and minds on those things that Jesus emphasized in the scripture. And the, the important thing about that, um, I don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, um, but you probably can remember this. When, when you got your Nintendo games, like the old games, like original Nintendo, you opened up the box. Hey, thank you. The 8-bit games, you would have your game cartridge and then there would be like an instruction manual mm -hmm. that would come with that. And so when, when my brother here is talking about getting to know Christ um, and knowing Christ as an example, some of you are probably asking, well, that sounds great. How can I find out about this, this Christ? Who is this Christ? Mm -hmm. So we, we do have an instruction manual called the Bible. And yes, I know the Bible is long. It, it is a very long collection of books, but focus on the Jesus part of it, the That's Jesus sick. equation. Yeah, you can probably knock it out in shoot. If you're if you're hungry, you could probably knock it out in a couple of weeks. But you get to understand who this Jesus was. It was not the Jesus that pandered to the rich and the people perceived to be lucky. In fact, yeah. it's just the opposite. Jesus was always around the people who were considered the least of these. Yep. The poor in spirit, the monetarily poor, the the downcast, the downtrodden, the outcast. And he spent his entire life trying to bring them comfort, understanding that the rest of the world judged them. They were perceived to have bad luck, but Christ said, no, we're operating off of a different set of rules. In fact, it is the poor that will be rich. And it's faith in me that unlocks the promises of God. And so that's something that doesn't depend on good luck or bad luck. 
you have to get to know this Jesus by reading the instruction manual and get to know what you're entitled to. Because once you know what you're entitled to, if something happens outside of the rule manual or the, the instruction guide, you can kind of take it with a grain of salt and say, nah, that's, that's not the reality that I know. So for mm. some of you, this is going to be a shift. But what my brother is saying is, you know, there are two sets of rules. There's, uh, there's God's rules and human rules. Human's rules are fleeting. God's rules are eternal. Yes. I love that. I, lo- I love that idea about looking back at the old school Nintendo cartridges and the manuals they came with, those cheap cardboard boxes mm. disintegrated by the time they were a year old. It's amazing if someone still has one of those boxes in immaculate shape. It's probably worth a ton of money if you do. Yeah, it is. Check that out. And you know, you're quite lucky. You are quite lucky <laughs> by stereotypical standards and measurements of what luck is. Yes. <laughs> so when I think about this idea of a rule book, it's funny because it's like we're, this, we're these little 8-bit characters and the Bible's the massive instruction mm-hmm. manual. How many of us chose to forego reading the original instruction manuals for the Nintendo games or Sega or any of those games and just jump right into gameplay. Uh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. It's the same with asking for directions. I'd rather get lost. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Even though that might be foolish. There's something about just wanting to have an intuitive experience where you can just get right into it and the rules make sense to you mm. immediately. Or that you can grasp them very quickly in sequence as you're just playing. Whereas some of us, not me, like to know all the rules first mm. and then become sticklers for the rules. And they read all the rules, but there's no intuitive process. It's merely just a cognitive function for them. They know the rules. They know how to apply the rules, but they don't necessarily have the heart. I think Chris and I are talking mm-hmm. about more of, we end up having the heart behind the, the way that we play the game. We're passionate about the game. We get all the feels, but we don't want to have to always do the work right. to figure out how it works. Right. We just want it to work. So there's instant gratification in that thought process, or should I say, that reactive way of living. The interesting thing about that is everything in life requires work. You know, I think about going to the gym. You have people that look like they've been lifting for years, Mm -hmm. um, and all they do is spend time in the gym. Yeah, you're right. They do spend a lot of time in the gym. Um, Mm -hmm. They they have a strict diet. They invest in... um, well, they invest their time in using the right equipment, doing the proper techniques. They become students of getting strong. They have to invest. Yep. There is no one person that just comes out all neck and muscles ready to like blow through a wall. It's like you have to to work at it. I got a joke. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it works with what you're saying. Yeah. You can try to get by, but you get trapped. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I knew you were waiting for that. I knew you were waiting for it. See, I, I teed it up. I, I did it. I you did. did it. You did. It's, it's all his fault. So you're welcome, everybody. Mm-hmm. But everything everything requires some type of work, some type of investment. Yeah. Um, I've talked to many people that are stuck in their careers, and the typical response is, "Well, I didn't I didn't get the job. You know, I'm stuck in this career." 
and then I'll ask, well, what, what kind of steps have you taken? What, what have you done to take the next steps? Uh, well, you know, I've, 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 I've looked for jobs. Have, have you applied for any jobs? Nah, not really. Uh, have you, have you networked or anything like that? Well, uh, revised your resume? Well, not actually. You haven't done any work. I feel like the job will just fall in my lap at the right moment. God will provide. Oh, I forgot. That's called spiritual bypass. Mm. Forsaking the responsibility of actually doing the work and preparing for the work and saying God will just magically make it happen. Luck. Mm. Wow. That is a funny way to think about luck, isn't luck. it? Yeah, that kind of so, that dovetails pretty well. It, it, it seems like luck is the cheap, cheaper way out when you look at this whole situation through God's lens, because it, it was Jesus himself that said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And so there are people that are able to just make it through life. And yes, they may be lucky. They, they may get the right house, get the right car, get the right spouse, get the right this or that. And things can fall their way. You know, the universe is aligned to help them out. But Given all that, you know, none of this is brand new. No. Jesus still said, I came to give you life yeah. and life more abundantly. Understanding that there is a perception of luck, but what Jesus is offering is something better than the best luck we could possibly have. Yeah. But it does, to my brother's point, it does take a little bit of investment. It's not just going to drop in your lap. Superman is not going to come save you. You have to work at it a little bit. What you just said really reminded me of something someone said to me recently. And at first it really bothered me. It was the idea that no one's going to come and save me. And I hated when this person said it to me. I thought, ew, that sounds so arrogant of you to say about me. Why would you think I need saving? Why would you mm. say something so, to me, seemingly rude? And the more I thought about it, it's really informed me in a way that helps me to recognize if I'm going to do something or I'm going to, let's say I'm going to obey God and the call that I believe that he's placed on my life. If I don't take that responsibility and seize the opportunity to go and do it, no one else can do it for me. It's literally mine. It's only made for me, but it's made for me to be used to glorify God and to strengthen the body of Christ. It's not for me alone. It's not an individualist thing where I get to go and use my gifts for my own benefit and flaunt them to the world and tell them why they should praise me for the thing that God gave me to use for his glory and then to return the glory back to him solely as be behaving like a mirror. I want to be like a mirror and reflect the glory right mm. back. It's not for me to hold. And guess what? When I try or you try to hold the glory... Ooh, pride yeah. comes before the fall. Ooh, all that arrogance will make you uh, a sour person to be around. It's going to damage your relationships. It's going to do. It's going to wreak havoc in your life if you try to hold the glory for yourself, and then you'll just be like Satan. Do mm. you want that? Do you want to parade around as an angel of light, only to try to usurp God's kingdom, take over God's position in in heaven? You think you got that skill? You think you can, uh, you think you can shadow box with God? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think yams is long enough. Mm -mm. But the truth here is 
We weren't meant to hold glory. That is God's alone. Give it back. If you're holding it for yourself, so be it. You'll learn the hard way. But I hope you don't have to learn in a way that is overly detrimental to your life or others. I hope that you get, I hope you get, let's say, um, pulled out of that selfish thinking and that individualistic thinking and recognize how amazing it is to be a servant, a slave to righteousness in Christ. Because no matter what you do, you're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to righteousness. Oh, no matter what you do, there is no true free man. But whoever has been freed in Christ is free, free indeed. indeed. Free and indeed. what a beautiful truth. And I hope that you can hear that because there's an opportunity for you to, in this case, change your luck by the way that we've defined luck. You can choose Christ and realize that your luck is already mapped out. No matter what happens in your life to you, you can choose to have self-discipline. You can bear the fruits of the spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. In accordance with these, there is no law. There's, no, there's nothing that's going to come against you if you live like that. And even if somebody or something does come against you, you're secure because there's nothing that that entity, that power that's trying to come against you will have over you. You will be in the right position of ultimate power in Christ. Oh, amen to that. And preaching, baby. You know, it's, it, it's, in, the, it's in the rule book. You're going back to the instruction manual. Ben didn't just make this stuff up. It's, it's in the manual. It's in the manual. And I know for some of you, it's, it's very hard to understand that because you might have spent life operating from a different guidebook, a different instruction manual. But the, the freedom in having an instruction manual is that there are rules. Mm -hmm. There are parameters. And so we, we know how to operate under the proper rules. Yeah. And we're sharing the proper rules with you. And if you forget them, there, there's a great place for you to go look. You can rewind this episode. That's the, that's the easy way. You can just rewind this. or Rewind that. <laughs> you, you could just look at the words of Christ. And you know what? You, if you find the Bible where Jesus' words are written in red, just read the red letters of the book. And hear the promises, hear the instructions, see the instructions. And if you live by the instructions, you may not get instant gratification, but you will get the best form of gratification. It's going to mean a little bit more than something that just falls in your lap instantly. And the beautiful thing about understanding what is what you're entitled to is the benefits are a lot better. The final destination They're eternal. Is, is better than anything you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And you also get to experience some of those here. Now, in this broken existence of being a person, we can still experience the, the finer parts of life, regardless of where we are. You nailed that, Chris. It's the idea that the kingdom is here, but not quite yet. When Jesus came... The kingdom of heaven was ushered here on earth. It was ushered into this earth, into our presence. We are now in the presence of our Lord. His spirit dwells among his people on the earth, which is incredible because that means you can taste and see the mm -hmm. Lord is good. Lord is good. If his body 
if Christ's body is living the way that they're supposed to live. So to the church, stop ignoring your call. Stop bowing down to the measures of this world. Look back to the manual. Jesus, the words he spoke to us, hitting my chin off the mic again. I get so into it, bro. Literally, I'm into that microphone. Yeah, man. Mm. <laughs> get back into the Bible. Christians, stop forgetting your calling. Make it known. Make your calling certain by testing God in the sense of praying, petitioning him for things, asking him to guide you and perfect you in the love that he promises to perfect you in. Seek him out. And when I say test him, I don't mean with the luck and the good luck stuff. Right. I don't mean, Lord, make me rich and prove right. to me that you're great so I can live like a king while I'm on this earth. No, you're to rule in heaven. Mm -hmm. That's your lot. In life here, while you're in this mortal body, in this broken world, your lot in life is to merely be an image of Christ. You go out into the world, you shine your light bright, that light comes directly from Jesus. You get filled with the spirit so that you can be empowered to do that work because that work without the spirit is impossible to do. It's only coming from your own strength if it's not powered by the spirit. And what do I mean by powered by the spirit? Because I think that sounds mysterious mm -hmm. in and of itself. What I mean is you've submitted your life fully under Christ. You've humbled yourself. You realize that no servant you're a servant of Christ in this matter, is greater than his master, Jesus. Jesus considered himself lower than the Father, even though him and the Father are one and the same in the Trinity. What an interesting hmm. idea. So don't act like you're going to have a better life than Jesus himself did. In fact, he promised you more persecution than he endured. Wrap your head around that, Christian. Whew. Stop forgetting that you've been called to an incredibly painful and real standard. God has laid it out for you. He's already marked your life. He's told you what he expects. You have an opportunity to submit and obey. And if you want to say you love God, but you don't want to obey the scripture, scripture says obedience for his commands is how you demonstrate your love for him. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage you. <laughs> wholeheartedly to really consider how obedient have you been to that word? Wow, dude, I was gonna let that hang out there a little longer, but uh, wow, it's, I'm, there, there's so many things that you said that are, that are so good. It's like, you know, we, we, we are, we are cast in the image of God and, you know, Christ was persecuted, will be persecuted, but on the other side of that period in the sentence, mm -hmm. Christ is ruling in glory right now. Yes. And we follow the one that is ruling in glory. So as Christ rose, we'll rise. As Christ is in heaven, we'll be in heaven. That That is something that we can hang our hat on because we, we see, there we go. We, we can see how it happened. Christ has gone before us to give us an example of how to live, mm -hmm. how to worship, and shoot, truthfully, how to die. Yeah. Because... We're, we're going to where Christ is. In fact, Christ said, I'm going before you to build a mansion. Yes. It's like, why would Christ build a mansion if he's not going to bring you to that mansion? It's like MTV Cribs. 
Except infinitely better. Infinitely better. I can't wait to be like, Jesus will walk up to the mansion he's prepared for me. And he'll be he'll be on his video crew. He'll be like, yo, can we peep your crib? Can you take us on a tour? <laughs> and I'll be like, Lord, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> yes, yes, a million times, yes. <laughs> and then I'll take him on a tour and he'll be like, I made it. So I, I already knew it. about the whole thing. I made it. I just was. I just wanted to do it to uh, humor myself. Yeah, you just wanted to let you shine a little bit. You know, have have a little bit of shine. Have have your little moment for a life well lived. But you know, here here's something else I want to throw out there. This is going to be a good one. So why do bad? Why does bad luck happen to good people? Woo! I, I I know we we could, we could probably hit have another episode on that. But the one thing I want to submit to you, and th- this is going to be a tough truth for for some of us. It's still a tough truth for me. Yeah. You know, I, I do pray for people's luck, so to speak, their luck to change, for them to have a better situation. Yep. And sometimes that situation does not get any better. And it's not an indictment on God. I realized that I did not act towards that prayer. Yeah. You know, I prayed for them to get better. I prayed for someone to, to speak into their life. I prayed for their financial situation to be resolved. And I just let that be there. I said, yo, God, just take care of it. God, take care of it. God is taking care of it because at the end of every prayer, God said, yeah, you have the money. You Yo. have the resources. You have the gospel. Ugh. You have all the gifts. God is sending us to do God's work. We are God's hands and feet. Yes. And that is such a hard word because as we look at all these situations in the world, be mindful, not every situation is for everybody. Each of us has been given specific gifts to glorify God in this world. Yes. But there are some situations where someone's perceived bad luck is the result of our inaction. The fact that my church gave me a huge blessing this past week. Now, I would be selfish to hoard that for myself, knowing that my brother is suffering. I could be the answer to my brother's prayer or my sister's prayer, and that could repair or create a stronger relationship between them and God. But because I want to hoard the money and hoard the gifts, mm-hmm. I'm depriving God of God's glory. That is well said, Chris. And I think about I think about the scripture that talks about where when we ask God, we end up asking with wrong motives. Mm-hmm. And we wonder why he didn't give us the request that we made. God, why aren't you following through? It's because you only, I only, Chris only wants to spend that resource on our own pleasures. That's not why God gives you resource. He gives you resource to go and create twofold, fivefold, tenfold amounts of resources to continue building his kingdom. And his kingdom is built with the power of the spirit. So whenever the spirit calls you to do something, I don't care if it's paying for someone's haircut. I don't care if it's paying for someone's meal. Uh, giving someone money for rent, helping out their kid going to school. It doesn't matter what it is. Like the rock would say, it doesn't doesn't matter matter. what the Lord told you to do, (laughs) jabroni. (laughs) So it's really imperative. It's necessary for you to heed the call, the sensitivity, whatever you have of hearing of God, do what he shows you to do. That still small voice in you, I guarantee you the spirit's talking to you. And if the spirit's talking to you, you need to respond. Mm-hmm. You need to go out there and you need to do what he's called you to do from your heart, not out of compulsion, mm-hmm. not out of vain conceit, from the heart, out of love. Wow. 
the we we should all be honored and privileged to hear the voice of God. Oh. Yo, know, to hear from the the creator of the universe of everything that is known and unknown takes the time out of God's day to whisper to us, to ask us, not to force us cuz God is not in the business of forcing, but just simply saying, "Can you try this? Can you do this? Can you say that? Can you do this for me?" Now, Let's be clear, God doesn't need any of us to do anything. Nothing. At all. God created all this without us, and it's vain for us to think that we can do anything in this life in our own power. Yep. But God has a desire to partner with us. Yo, God created. You look all throughout the Bible, God consistently creates, and we have the privilege to partner with God to create to create better situations for people, to create peace. And you see and hear stories of exemplary people going into places where they have no business going and doing amazing things because they listen to God, not to the external bad luck or the external perception, but God speaks to us very specifically because God knows the gifts that we have in us. And that's where amazing happens. It's where God and us partner. Beauty happens. Amazement happens. And we have an opportunity every single day to partner with the one that created all of this to share in creation. I also think it's so important to talk about recapturing the wonder. Hmm. Because a lot of times we get disillusioned with the world Uh, We feel disenfranchised because we feel neglected, rejected, pushed out. And then we don't know where, we don't know what to make of it, or we don't know what to do once we've landed. But once you get back into that space where you're in the presence of God, you get back into that space of awe, awe, amazement. You're just, you're, 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 you're filled with wonder. I mean, think about that old, that old worship song, God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy. You are holy. He's so set apart from us. And yet he allows us to come into his presence. You look up at the sky, right? You see some stars, you Mm -hmm. see the moon. Sometimes you see a planet shooting star. Those are pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. And you're full, you're full of wonder and amazement. It blows your mind when you look at how vast the expanse of the sky is. The universe is massive. And yet God is even bigger. And you don't give him glory. But you use words of glorification to glorify nature. Come on. Picture God as the most infinitely incredible, gigantic being that you could even conceive of. And then think he's more than that. You can't put him in a box. You have to let God be God. He lets you be you in a lot of ways. Mm. Think about that. And that's crazy. Talk about like an infinite condescension. Him contending with the nonsense of mankind. Why? It's because he loves you. He loves Mm. me. And that's such an amazing thing to behold. This infinite God cares about you, little you. And yet you don't even have the sensibility to see him and give him praise. Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> so I, I guess this all boils down to one thing. You, you have an invitation. 
Now, I, I know based on denominations and certain practices, there's like a formula for all this. Yeah. But I just want to encourage you that wherever you are, wherever you can hear this, whenever you hear this, you have an open invitation. If you can still hear and perceive, you have an open invitation. Yep. And the only thing you have to do is try God. Try God. Question, why did this happen? Why did that happen? God, speak to me. God, I'm searching for you. Pray that honest prayer to God, yeah. but also take the active steps. The spiritual abs are not going to come <laughs> by themselves. You got to work at it. And I know in a culture spiritual of instant gratification and trying to take the easiest path to whatever the objective is, I know that's in right now. But for something that's so pure, something that is so loving, something that is so amazing, something that can change your life for the good, something that can change your entire situation, it's worth at least trying. You know, don't take our word for it. No. Try for yourself. You know, a relationship with God, as big as God is, our personal relationships are deeply personal. And so this is an invitation for you to try God and see what happens. And just just continue to try. If you don't hear today, try again tomorrow. If you don't hear tomorrow, try again next week. Yeah. And you'll get in the habit of trying, the habit of straining your ears to listen. And then before you know it, you are anticipating. And the thing about God that I know with 100% certainty is that God is not going to have you anticipating forever. You might have to search for those blessings, but God's not going to leave you hanging. No. So I can say today, we can say today with 100% certainty, try God. Yeah. And God will show up in one way, shape, or form. And the beauty of life is, is yours. Amen. I thought of one more thing that I thought would be a good thing to share considering the bad and good luck mm. thinking. God causes the rain to fall on both the righteous and the wicked. You can't escape all of the natural elements of this existence. The creation itself has a natural order to it, which is so plain when you look at the patterns that have been discovered by great scientists who have gone and carefully observed God's creation. What an incredible thing to behold, right? Mm -hmm. These men and women have gone out of their way to be able to take video and extensive notes to show you just how patternistic creation is. So if it's patternistic, that means there must be some kind of order to it. And if there's an order to it, that means that God is ultimately in control. So that begs the question, what about our free will? Ooh. I would venture to say, and some of you will hate this, mm. especially you Calvinists. <laughs> That's cool. Arminianists probably won't like this either to a degree because I would argue that we have a limited will. We can't choose who we're born to. Mm. We don't get to choose uh, where we're born mm -hmm. or the fact that we were born. No. And then all of the inborn temperament factors of our personality and things that help to shape us naturally are, let's say, our, our personal tendencies. I don't think they're all merely uh, a product of environmental shaping conditioning. I think some of that is true, but I'd say it's quite the mix. So what I would say to the idea of good and bad luck is take life for what it is. Start just accepting the fact that things just happen and you get to choose how you handle it. 
So if you don't know how to handle things well, maybe go seek some counseling, go seek some wisdom. Find out if you can have a shift in perspective that might actually give you an advantage over this idea of good and bad luck. Mm-hmm. Don't, let, don't let a bad perspective shape your entire life and then go through an average, let's say, of what, 78 to 84 years of bad luck yeah. thinking? Bad luck thinking keeps you stuck. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I would say level your own playing field. Seek God. Seek wisdom. Seek the truth in every way you can. Start to figure out how to radically accept what is real. And then make decisions based on what is sensible. If you want to become something, go find someone who already appears to be that to you. And then follow in that way. Follow in the way that they they model for you. And if you can't find a person for that, go look at the person of Jesus. Mm. He will show you every good model, every example that you'll ever need. So again, this is Internal Explosion, the podcast. This was episode seven called Bad Luck. luck. Thank you so much for checking this out. We're amazingly blessed, for lack of a better word in that very moment. We're just so thankful that you come to check out our podcast every week. And uh, again, I'm Benny J. And this is your boy, Mr. Get Busy, here in the building. Have a wonderful day. Peace, y'all. Peace. So, yeah, check this out, bro. If you notice, you are mad still. Like, your ability to sit still, impeccable. Oh, wow. All right. Bro, you see me, I'm like Mr. Fidget. I'm like this. I'm like, leg out, leg (laughs) up. I'm like banging the microphone. I'm like shimmy, shimmy, yeah. Oh, I just bumping the mic, just causing a (laughs) ruckus. But you know what? I think that I think that we uh, we shook out the cobwebs. Yeah, I think we got it in. Got the ring rust out. You know, got got it all all off. and you know, I think we talked a we talked a pretty good bit about bad luck and good luck. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to stay on absolute focus, but bottom line is the gospel is preached. Gospel is preached. Ministry first, topic second. Yeah. yeah. If you're still here, I'm talking to you. Oh wow! I think yo, I think they're still on. Does that does that mean red light, dead light? Yeah, we still oh. on the red light. What's up, y'all? Well then. Go now. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that, that's a wrap, folks. So uh, uh, thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. <laughs> Forty-two minutes. God, not bad, man. That was that was, a, that was a session, man. Bro, I almost passed out at like twenty-five minutes. <laughs> Straight up, bro. Like my the way this digs into my back mm-hmm. literally feels like it's cutting off circulation oh, in my brain. Gosh. I think I need to invest in more comfortable chairs that fit the right height. Oh man. You know what? Oh. It, it feeds the aesthetic, but I do get you with the comfort. We saw um, we, we saw a chair in um, we went to Rainier.